Israel. Y'all want to go to Africa? I'm standing up and I'm telling you, I am Warhol. I am the number one most impactful artist of our generation. I am Shakespeare in the flesh. Walt Disney, Nike, Google. Now, who's going to be the Medici family and stand up and let me create more? Or do you want to marginalize me till I'm out of my moment? Or why don't you empower yourself and don't hmm. need them and do it yourself? How, like Tway? You take a few steps back. You ain't got the answers, man. You ain't got the answers. You ain't got the answers. You ain't got the answers, Sway. I've been doing this more than you. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Hey, y'all. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just had to start off with that. Um due to the given circumstances of this week. <laughs> hey, Kanye West been batshit crazy for a minute. <laughs> Housework. <laughs> I can't watch that and not laugh. I really, really can't. Um. So, yeah, we here. Welcome. Hey. Bam, bam, bam. The monologue. The monologue. <laughs> What's up, everybody? Yeah, yeah. We are back. I am back. Everyone is back for yet another episode of your favorite Friday fix, the monologue podcast. And you are here with the one, the only, your friend, your cousin, Just Jemiah. Hey, yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, you know, as usual, I'm super excited to be here. Welcome to anybody who is joining me for the first time in monologue land and to all of my repeat offenders who somehow make their way back every week. Hey, family. Thank you guys for listening and tuning in, and this is going to be a good episode, so I'm super excited about it. Uh, I hope y'all weeks have been good since last we spoke and sat down, uh, and without further ado, let's just get on into it, right? All right, so we're just going to hop right on into just a brief little recap of episode 11, true, true, no foo-foo, okay? Uh, last week, we talked a lot about authentic authenticity. Um, that means a lot to me. That's a word that holds a lot of weight to me. And so the jam session was really about what it means and what it takes to be your true and authentic self and how powerful that is. Like how for me, that is a place that I'm just constantly, constantly, constantly striving towards. It's like the ultimate place. It's, it's the ultimate goal is to just exist and live authentically within myself and, you know, it's a difference between being real, air quotes, and authentic. You know what I mean? And so, you know, last week we just talked about what that takes and how becoming authentic is really like a task. Like, it, it's something that you have to continuously strive for and you don't just get it and lose it. You know what I mean? You have to maintain it. You know, you have to strive for that authenticity within yourself and that just that self awareness to being true to oneself is something that's like a lifetime task that we just have to continue, continue, continue to be on that journey. And so that's what we talked about last week. Really enjoy having that conversation. I enjoy having conversations about 
this topic with some of you guys off the mic. You know, we had I had some good conversations with a couple people who listened to the episode and just wanted to further that conversation. So that's super awesome. I hope you guys enjoyed it. If you missed out on that or any episode of the Monologue Podcast, y'all be sure to check me out on SoundCloud at the Monologue Podcast or on iTunes, Apple Podcasts at the Monologue Podcast. Make sure that y'all are subscribing so that you can get notifications every Friday when a new episode is released. Make sure that y'all are rating so I can know how you feel. Leave comments, DM me, anything. You know what I mean? Just let me know how you're feeling about the show. Let me know that you're with me. Is you with me? Huh, I just gotta know. But anyway... So that's just a little recap. You know, I got petty for a little bit, as I always do. So we're going to just segue on over to our next segment here, which before we get to the pettiness, um, I'm just going to take a minute to be super serious right now with this week's grinding in the trenches. Um, This week has been very just a lot happening, especially in the black community with black entertainment, just with black people. It's just like some weeks we feel like we just can't win. Right. Um, and for me, this has felt like one of those weeks where it's like, damn, something else, something else hit us. And so I want to spotlight five individuals here, um, in my grinded in the trenches segment. And these five individuals, four of which were, the victims of the horrific Waffle House slaying massacre in Nashville, Tennessee. And the fifth of which is the hero who actually apprehended and tackled the murderer down to the ground and grabbed his weapon and threw it away from him so that he could not take any more of our lives or any, any other human life ever in general. Um, And so I really want to take the time to spotlight those people and say their name so we can know who they, who these people are, give value to them, add them to your prayer list, whisper a prayer up for them and their family and their loved ones. And just for our community, because it's just really scary. The times that we're living in, we literally have targets on our back just for literally existing. They're like, oh, we know. We know the nigga's about to be at Waffle House at two o'clock in the morning. Oh, I'm feeling some type of way. I know I can roll up in there and catch me three, four, five. Like that's how it feels. It feels like we we're being hunted and it's scary. It really, really is a scary time to be black right now in America. Um, and so I just wanted to bring attention to that. I wanted, I wanted to use my platform, however small it is. I definitely wanted to take the time to use my platform to just say these people's names and make sure that we're keeping them and their families in, in, in prayer and we're not forgetting about them. Um, and so the names of the victims are Toreen Soderlin, excuse me, Joe Perez, Ebony Groves, who is a member of my sorority, a beautiful soror of mine, and Aquila De Silva. Those are the four victims of this terrible, terrible, terrible event. And so we're praying for their families. And then I also just want to send a prayer of peace and healing and just a thank you and a warm, warm, warm hug and just jolt of love to the hero, James Shaw Jr., who tackled the man to the ground. He suffered also a gunshot wound to the elbow and third degree burns on his hand from grabbing with his bare hands, the barrel of the assault rifle. Um, I don't know how much you guys know about guns. Me being in the military, the barrel of a weapon is hot as hell. Y'all 
hot as hell. Like the barrel of an assault rifle that you just finished firing is hot as hell. And this man grabbed it with his bare hands. And damn near this man was probably prepared to lose his life in order to save the lives of others. And so, James, thank you, thank you, thank you. I don't know if anybody who listens to this knows that man or knows any of these people. does not matter. I'm sending the vibrations out into the air, out into the world. Thank you. We appreciate you. You are a hero. Rest in paradise to all the victims of this terrible event, to any victims who have been, you know, victims of these kind of mass shootings and things like that. It just, it worries me sometimes because it's almost like we are becoming desensitized. This has become a normalcy for America to the point where it's like, I'm saddened and I'm hurt and I'm frustrated, but it's like, I didn't shed a tear. You know what I mean? Because it's like another one. That's how it feels at this point. Like another one. And I'm so sick of these white people and take taking out their pain, their frustration, their hatred over whatever they're frustrated and upset about and taking it out on us. It's just, it's sad. It's sick and it's scary. And I'm really, really just sick and tired of it. Um, So we got to keep our community lifted up in prayer. We got to support one another. We got to pray for one another. We got to protect one another because nobody's looking out for us like we are looking out for us. So... That's my grind in the trenches. Prayers up to everyone involved, to victims who were shot and who are recovering. I know there are people who are in the hospital who did not pass away, who were in critical condition and still dealing with injuries and things like that, or people just dealing with the trauma. Prayers up to all of you, to all of you. Seriously. Whew. Mm, okay. So now, <laughs> um... Man, that was heavy. So we're going to lighten it up a little bit with the petty portion. The petty portion. So this week's petty portion um, is short and sweet, really. It's just one of those things that I noticed happens, and I'm just like, why does this happen? So, you know, when you're taking, like, a Snapchat with somebody or you're taking, like, a selfie with somebody or whatever, and you're like, oh, come on, grab, you know, it's a ussy or a groupie or whatever. Like, oh, yeah, let's grab, getting this snap, getting this snap. And then you take the picture, you take the video or whatever, and you just go back to minding your business, putting your caption on, what am I going to put the caption? Why do people feel the need to think just because you were a part of the picture or a part of the video, now you get to stand over my shoulder and audit the caption? Ma'am, sir, children, back it up. Back. This is my creative expression here, okay? You don't need to know what filter I'm putting on it. You don't need to know what the captions say. Like, you're going to have to catch it once it's posted. You know what I'm saying? Follow me. Follow me on Snapchat at Juicy Jam, I think. Mm, Maybe Private Juicy. I don't know. Anyway, but yeah, why do people do that? Like, I was taking a Snapchat with, (laughs) I was taking a Snapchat yesterday with one of my peers at work. You know, we're snapping. I'm like, oh, get this snap. And so I snapped it, and it's all fun. And then we got a little little flames on our head, a little filter. Flame on. And then I'm like, oh, that was fun. Great. And I go back to to my business, and I'm writing my caption I'm you know I'm putting what I'm gonna say and I can just feel the breath of this man on the bottom quadrant quadrant of my earlobe because he's just over my shoulder trying to see what I'm saying 
what I'm about to add on to this now. Sir, you have done your part. Thank you for your time and your participation. That's all I will need from you. I'll take it from here. Like, I don't, I just don't like that. I don't like that because like, I'm not petty. Like, like obviously if this is like a picture with me and my girl and she's like, okay, hold on. Let me make sure my lace ain't showing in the way. Let me make sure my left edge is my good edge. That's the one that's in the camera. Let me make sure, you know, I get that a wellness check to ensure we ain't out here looking crazy. But if I'm just doing a fun little snap video, oh, ha, ha, he, 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 yada, yada, yada. Especially if, you know what I mean? You ain't one of the homies and we ain't just checking to make sure we ain't got you out here looking crazy, which I would never do. Anyway, I don't need you all in the mix trying to audit and figure out what's going on with the going on with the caption and what am I going to put the geo filter on or if I'm going to have a bitmoji coming, dancing and doing the shoot, shoot, shoot on there. That's none of your business. This has now become my creative process and I don't need you all in my creative space on how I am going to illustrate this here snap. Okay. So bag it up. Thanks. Appreciate it. And that's it. That's just my little piece of petty today. Just my little baby piece of petty. Um, it probably is like really petty. It might not even really be a thing, but that's what the petty portion is about. That's what it says about. Just little, just a little, little minuscule pieces of petty. Okay. I'm glad I could share that with you all. And I'm sure there's at least one, two, three people out there who feel me. <laughs> Great. Now, we're going to head on over to the jam session, 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 session. <laughs> Yo, I be trying, <laughs> I be trying to make, I be trying to make my own sound effects and I be trying to do my own audio engineering live. Cause I don't really know how to do it post-production. So I'll be trying to create the effects on the mic. <laughs> I really need to grow up and evolve in my life. But anyway, <laughs> anyway, today's jam session. Okay. Class, not really class. Cause Lord knows I don't really know what I'll be talking about 97% of the time. Um, but today I want to just gather around and talk about I want to talk about celebrities, celebrityism. Um, you know, this week has been kind of like tumultuous, I feel like, for the black entertainment community. You know what I'm saying? We got Kanye going bad shit crazy. We got Bill going down, 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 down. You know what I mean? Every week, R. Kelly doing something else. Um this stuff about Nas and Khalees is coming out. Not too long ago, we had Fab and Emily. Like, you know what I mean? All these things are happening. You know, even Cardi B has her views about being a celebrity and how she low-key hates it and things like that. Um, but what I really want to talk about is in the wake of all of these, especially it seems like black male entertainers doing all these things that got us looking at them sideways, I want to talk about do we think it's possible to separate the art from the artist? What does that mean? What does that look like? And I do have an opinion on it. I do. And so I'm going to share my views with you guys. And I would really be interested in getting some feedback on how y'all feel about it. But this is how I feel about it. So obviously we have the whole Kanye thing. 
here's how, here's where I am with Mr. West. Here's where I am. For one, I will go on the record. Hello, is this thing on? I will go on the record by saying I have never been a Kanye fan. Like I have never, I just, growing up, he was not one of the artists whose music I was into. Like at the time where like graduation and college dropout and all that was coming out, I was not heavily really into rap. I did not really listen to rap like that. Um, I was all about Usher. I was all about Destiny's Child. I was all about like Mario. I was like, you know what I mean? I was a preteen. I was a kid. Uh, I wasn't like a baby, but I was like, I don't know what years these albums came out, but I feel like this was around the time where I was between like 10 and teenager. And so during this time, I wasn't listening to rap. Like I would listen to the rap and the singles that came on the radio. But like, as far as like what artists I loved and I was like begging my mom to buy me their CDs, it was never Kanye West. And so I'm not saying that by me saying I'm not a fan of his music, I'm not doubting his credibility as an artist. I'm not saying he's not as talented as all of you who love him say says that he is. I believe it. I've gone back and listened to college dropout. I've gone back and listened to graduation. I've gone back and listened to 808 and like heartbreak. As I've gotten older, I've listened to it and it's good music, but I just didn't at the time when that music was coming out, I was not a fan in the way where I have grown up following his career. So I don't have like personal connections to these albums. I just have listened to them in retrospect as I've gotten older and found my own taste in rap and hip hop. So, and I, you know, I feel, I used to feel guilty at times. Like, man, I'm a Chicagoan. Like I'm Chicago born and raised South side, inner city, 79th. You know what I mean? Kanye is like our guy. And so I used to feel like, whoa, am I like less Chicago? Because I don't really rock with Kanye like that. I mean, his singles, I like Kanye singles. You know what I mean? The ones that was on the radio, the popular ones. And it's a lot like he has a lot of good hit songs. So there are many songs of Kanye's that I enjoy and I know all the words to and everything like that. But it's just like, as far as like bodies of work, I don't, I just haven't been, I've never gone out and bought a Kanye album. I've never seeked out like, Ooh, let me turn on this Kanye track. But if it come on, I'm a bump to it. That's kind of where I'm at with that. Uh, so I'm like, dang, my last stuff is Chicagoan. I used to have that guilt. No more. No more. I've kind of been over that for a while, though. But now I'm definitely like, hmm, hmm, right, Kanye. Can do without him. That's just where I am with the Kanye thing. Um, And for me, I think, so when we talk about separating the art from the artist, I'll give another example. So like I said, I never really was that into rap. However, I was very, very, very into R&B as a child. So I can remember us in my home owning and bumping the Chocolate Factory album by R. Kelly. Like, song for song, everything. We used to have that joint in double rotation. It just stayed. We had one of those. We had one of those stereo systems that you could put like five CDs in the little plate and you can turn and you could select the CD. R. Kelly Chocolate Factory was one of the ones that always was in there, okay? And so it's like, when all these things come out about R. Kelly and him being this like gross person, which by the way, if you're from Chicago and if you know anything about Chicago and Chicago artists, you've known that you've known about R. Kelly, like 
for many years. Like, you know what I mean? Like you've known that R. Kelly been like kind of gross and disgusting for a while because he be in Chicago. Like R. Kelly is one of those Chicago artists that still be in Chicago on a bullshit. Um, so you've known, you know, your parents, like my mom and her best friends, like they call him Robert. Like, you know what I mean? Like, oh yeah, Robert, he been kind of like a creep. Not that that doesn't excuse anything, but it's just not like news at this point. Um, but for me, it's like, yo, like R. Kelly got some hits, man. Like there's memories behind R. Kelly's music for me. You know, i still might have to step in the name of love. I'm still might be a happy person and he, and I still might not rock with him. So for me, this whole like separating the art from the artist is almost conditional in this sense. And I don't know, like people can disagree with me because I, I, I might have an opposing view on this, but for me, there's a difference. It depends on the artist. It depends on the artist and what this artist has, the picture this artist has created for themselves and the, what story they have sold to us as the audience, right? So for me, <laughs> this is going to sound so bad, Um I'm just saying, like, I don't think R. Kelly has ever painted himself out to be a saint, right? So it's like all the wrong that R. Kelly does, which R. Kelly does wrong and he needs help and all of the things, like, I am 100% on board with that. However, I feel like R. Kelly also been thinking about, like, I don't see nothing wrong. Let me lick your toe in my Jeep because that's cute to me. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, okay, he... R. Kelly is also kind of like, he ain't never been around here trying to act like Pope Francis. Yada, yada, yada. He been making the freakiest music forever. Like, you know what I mean? It's just like the picture for me that is painted, that R. Kelly has painted for himself as an artist kind of aligns with the music that he makes in a sense. Like, it's just not that much discrepancy. It's like, yeah, I can believe that R. Kelly out here on some freaky shit because this man listened to his music. You know what I mean? That is not making it right. That is not making it excusable. So as a person, I'm like, yo, I can't rock with R. Kelly. Like, oh, it's what he does as an individual. Like, he needs help. But it's like the music that he makes, it's like, it's, it's, you know what I mean? I'm not conflicted about him. I'm not like, it's like I don't have that kind of conflict about R. Kelly because it's like I don't rock with him as a person, but... I also don't feel like he's been trying to trick and deceive us into believing he's someone that he's not. I feel like R. Kelly then shown us who his who he is, and it's either like you can shake your head and and you know what I mean, bat your finger like I I I, and then turn on twelve play, or you could completely be like I can't rock with you, I can't rock with you because you're showing me who you are, and I'm not rocking with it. When it comes to Mr. West, however, from what I see, I feel like the fans of Kanye are having the most problem and issue with him because he is coming out and he is speaking in direct opposition to the man who everyone thought he was. Kanye West built up this fan base 
based on being the voice of the people and based on being, you know what I mean? George Bush don't like black people. I love black people. I'm all about my people. You don't got to go to college. I'm, you know what I mean? College dropout. You can make it. Life is hard. Bada, 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 yada, yada, yada. He's speaking directly to young black people and the black experience and what it takes to, you know what I mean? Being conflicted, being, you know what I mean? Have to deal with having money and wanting money and lust and greed and bop, 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 yada, yada. Right. He was he painted this picture, I feel like, of him being a champion for the people. And now he has flipped the script and he's a champion for Kanye ultimately. And I think that kind of opposition is where it's like when you create this pedestal and you make someone more than an artist, when you create this pedestal and they're more than an artist now, they're this icon, there's they're this mind, right? People loved Kanye for his mind. And now once their mind goes crazy, now it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I have to question all that you've been selling me all this time because it's like, we loved you for your mind. We loved you for your thought process and how the ideas, how you, how you spoke about things, how you broke things down and how you, how we related to you and your mind. And I think in those instances, that's where it becomes hard to separate the artist from the artistry because they have become one. They have become one where I feel like with someone like, R. Kelly, which R. Kelly is just a terrible example. I wish I had a better example. But for someone like R. Kelly, I feel like his music, it has always just been his music. He ain't never been out here on the podium like, I'm Uncle R. Kelly and I love the kids and da da da. He's just always been like, I'm gonna put out this fire music and then I'm gonna go over here and do me. Don't worry about what I'm doing over here. Just wait till I drop the next album. Don't worry about nothing else. You know what I mean? That ain't none of y'all business. However, I feel like with people like Kanye who has invited everyone into this persona he's created about himself that's why I played that clip here opening the episode you know what I mean like I am the one I am the messiah I'm Jesus you know what I mean now all of a sudden he's like yo I'm on this whole other wave and it leaves people just empty and confused like whoa 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 I thought we was just you know what I mean mentally and consciously is what people, that's what people have bought into with Kanye. And now his mental and his conscious is on in direct opposition of who everyone thought he was. And I think that's where the conflict comes. And I think that's where sometimes it becomes harder when, when someone creates a persona outside of their art, for instance, like Kendrick Lamar, if all of a sudden Kendrick Lamar came out here and was taking a similar position as, taking a similar position as um, Kanye West and was like pro-Trump or Kendrick Lamar came out here and was like, man, black people ain't got it that bad. Black people just lazy. They just need to try harder. You know what I mean? Ain't no oppression out here. Like we really just ain't trying hard enough. If, If all of a sudden Kendrick Lamar came out with that, then it's like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. That's not the product that you've been selling us. So now I can't separate the art from the artist because your art has been, your art has taken a position on life, right? Your art, your art has created a platform to speak on 
life. That, that's what you've been using your art for as a platform for things greater. And I feel like that's what Kanye West has been looked at as, as a platform. He uses his art as a platform to say the things that other people are afraid to say as it pertains to the black community. And now he's using his platform to say the things that people, that people are afraid to say as it pertains to Kanye West. And so it's like, I don't th- I think it's harder. I just think it's one of those things where it's harder to separate the art from the artistry. You know what I mean? Like you just look at, I'm trying to think of another example of like an artist who is just like, we really are more so about them and their sound and their music and not so invested in them as a person. Um, I want to say Drake. I want to say Drake mainly because like, I mean, Drake does have this like good guy persona that he built, but that's a good example as well. If all of a sudden something comes out that like Drake been out here beating somebody, beating a significant other, I feel like then we would have to go back and question the persona that he has created for us as this good guy. Cause it's like, whoa, you've been rapping and singing about you a good girl and you know, and you've been Captain Sabo and all this since the beginning of the time come to find out secret life. You out here being something totally different. You know what I mean? So I think it really comes down to what an artist has been selling us opposed to who and what they truly are. I think that's where the conflict comes down between separating the art from the artist. And I'm not saying that you can't still listen to Kanye's music and enjoy Kanye's music and not rock with Kanye no more. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying, I feel like from the outside looking in, this is something that is harder for Kanye fans because he has created this idea that he's the champion for us as young black people of this generation, as you heard in that video, he's our champion. And now it just seems like he's on some other things. But I also want to, I also want to make this point. When we think about the discrepancy of black people and white people, and when we're thinking about, when we think about why white people don't want us to win, it's because they don't want us to have power because white people want to keep the power. And when we think about where the majority of the power lies for white people, it's in financial stability. It's in money. It's in money, right? And so I think we also have to remember that, yeah, Kanye is black and he from Chicago and all that, but now Kanye is also of money. And that's a whole different tier. That's a whole different level, right? So now he's in this race for power, with white people where he's fighting not as a black man fighting for the black people. Now he's fighting for the power. He's fighting, he's fighting as a man with money trying to grasp at the power. And you know, everyone's like, oh, this is just some plot for her, you know, Kanye to get in and then attack from the inside. And I can tell you this right now. Um, I'm just going to go on the record and say this, and I don't like to, you know, go on the record and say things, but I'm not voting for Kanye West for no president. I'm not. I'm not. I just, I'm not voting for Kanye West for president. 
I just don't think our presidency and the White House and the Oval should be this kind of joke, it seems like. That's just me. There, are, I don't see the presidential qualities in Kanye West. I'm not voting for Kanye West for president. Um, but yes, I, I feel like... I feel like at this point, Kanye West is more rich than he is black. Ultimately, that's honestly how I feel. And Kanye West is making all these points about, you know what I mean? Freedom of expression and he should be able to be a free thinker and all that stuff. And I think that's true. You should be able to be a free thinker and you should be able to do all these things. But you also should be able to like consciously acknowledge how the influence that you have and the positions that you take matter and how you can be affecting people who hold you to this high regard. Would you want to be held at? You are Jesus, which, Hey, listen, this is, this is what all y'all get for playing with the Lord and calling this man, Jesus and the Messiah. Like he really marched on up to Calvary for somebody. Okay. This was Jesus. Woo, woo, woo. What would Jesus do? What would Jesus do? this? Yep. Mm-hmm. This is what Jesus would do. This dumb ass shit. So this is kind of what y'all get for playing with that. Because as soon as you know, I never really had a problem with Kanye, but when we start coming out with this Jesus and this Jesus Christ and uh, I, that's where I kind of got like, hold on, we're getting just a little far fetched here. Now things are getting crazy. That's where I officially like fell off and was like, I don't even have time to even go back and try to understand where this concept came from. Cause I'm not with it. Point blank period. So, um, yeah, I think. I think one Kanye is still trying to sell us something. I feel like Kanye is a attention whore. Uh, I'm pretty sure Kanye is a Gemini. I could be making that up, but if so, it, this totally makes sense because you know we kind of like we don't have it all. I'm a Gemini. We kind of don't have it all. Um, <laughs> but I feel like he's still trying to sell us something. You know, these all these albums about to drop, and of course, not everybody want to listen to the album so he can so we can get the answers of what all of this is about. He's a master salesman. It's happening. Y'all are going to bite. Y'all are going to buy in. Um, I'm going to just wait for y'all to let me know what that's about. Um, But at the end of the day, when it comes to being a celebrity and when it comes to just separating the art from the artist, I really think it's conditional. I really just think it depends on, you know, I feel like Kanye West fans feel like they have been deceived at this point. And I think that's where it becomes hard to separate the art from the artist because I feel like you have that when you as as an artist use your art to paint this picture of yourself and what you stand for and then you go and defy that that's when it's like I can't your art is who you are and that just depends on the artist because not all artists do that some artists just create their music and use their art as an expression of things outside of themselves and then their personal life is their personal life and there's that separation. So I feel like, here it is, I feel like when the artists create that separation for us, when they create their music and be like, here's my music, here's my art, or like here's my, you know what I mean, I'm this as a character, here's my writing, like when they write and then they go away and exist elsewhere in their life, 
they create that line for us. And then I feel like that's almost where I will say it's an easier choice to make on whether we can separate the art from the artist. But when the artist incorporates themselves into their art so much and makes their art about themselves, Kanye's music is about Kanye. Then how do we separate the two? That's my question. Um, these are just my ideas. These are just my thoughts. Nothing is right. Nothing is wrong. This is just like how I'm processing it. Um, you know what I mean? I don't like, like I said, this stuff doesn't make me, I've never been that much of a fan of Kanye West. So if a Kanye West song comes on, I'm not invested enough to be like, Oh, turn that off. I can't believe he did this to me, but I'm just still as I was years for the last few years, just looking at Kanye West crazy. Like what's wrong with this man? Get him some help. Hey, so that that's just, that's just where I stand on that. Um, so I'd be interested, I'd be interested to hear you guys' opinion on that. So definitely chime in, tweet me, tweet me, tweet me. That's where I want to get all of my interaction for the monologue podcast. Tweet me at just Jemiah and, you know, hashtag the monologue podcast or TMP. If you want to do TMP, I'm with that. Or you can use the monologue podcast and tweet me how y'all feel about it. I'm really interested to hear, um, y'all thoughts on this and you, while you're at it, you can follow me on Instagram at just Jemiah. And from there, you can also follow made to make it my lifestyle brand about living passionate driven lives. And you can follow that on Instagram and at Twitter at made to make it underscore. And that's it y'all. That's it for this week's episode of the monologue podcast. This was good. This was good. Follow me. Keep me up to date with how y'all feeling. Um, and I'm going to keep y'all up to date with what I got going on over here. Okay? So y'all be well. Y'all be happy. Y'all be blessed. Matter of fact, I have an um, affirmation too. Let me get it for y'all. Sorry. Y'all going to hear me bumping around a little bit. My my affirmation, because I, I feel like I be forgetting to do these. Um, And this week... This week, my affirmation or my quote is going to be this, and I'll leave you here. Taking into account the public's regrettable lack of taste, it is incumbent upon you not to fit in. Sit on that. Y'all have a good one. Bye.